0: Welcome to C-Suite Radio.
1: The Open Mic Podcast is brought to you by the Cheap Seat Entertainment Network. Holy heart, Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Excellent! With your host, Brett Allen. Well, isn't that extra special? Recorded live at Bay Area Studios. Join Brett each week as he interviews celebrities, influencers, authors, high-level entrepreneurs, and much more. At the open mic, no topic is off-limits. Giddy up. And you never know who may stop by. Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. Happy Tuesday.
2: Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Chronicles of the Open Mic Podcast. That's kind of what it feels like these days. And uh, California, well, where I live, is back on lockdown again. I digress. We have a great guest with us today. This interview is a lot of fun, and I think you're going to enjoy it. My guest today is Casey Jost from Impractical Jokers inside in practical jokers in practical jokers dinner party the list goes on and on he has been a writer a comedian a performer for a very long time his brother you also know who he is it is Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live fame we have a fun conversation just about being brothers writing together working together and just the overall art and finesse of comedy a lot of fun topics that we cover and i'm excited for you to check it out here is my interview with the amazing and talented Casey Jost Life been like for you since the lockdown? I know there have been episodes airing, and there has been dinner party. What is the state of the union with everything that you have going on at the moment? It's been interesting.
0: It's it, it, every kind of, and in general, like my job and my career, things changed so much. Like you know, every year has been very different. Sometimes I like scroll through my photos and I look at something from a couple of years ago, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that show I worked on or that chapter, or I was into this thing at that point. Um And so this is no different, but it seems like every month is a year. It really does. Like I
2: feel like, I agree with you, March seems like a decade ago. Uh-huh. It's so crazy because life was normal and then everything came to a complete stop all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're... In New York, right? In Staten yes. Island is where you're at. So you guys got uh, I'm hit. Actually per-
0: in, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, okay. I'm from, I'm from Staten Island. My parents live there still. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn.
2: Yeah. So you guys got hit pretty hard where you were at.
0: Right away. Yeah. It seemed like the, the cases really spiked quickly. And I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a medical professional in any way, but it's interesting how it happened. And now it's kind of leveled. And I'm hoping that it stays in other places. It's sad that other parts of the country are hitting that. And hopefully, there's a, a flare up and then it comes back down. You know, it's it's a it's a scary time.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm here in the Bay Area and things started to open up and now our governor has started to close things down yeah. again. It's crazy. I felt like we were kind of getting to a tipping point where life was going to be, I guess, semi-normal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And now, not so much. Everything is closing down. We all felt the impact of it. What is the culture like there now? Are things starting to kind of open back up again and sort of feel semi-normal? Or what's gonna that be, like? I'm
0: going to be honest. I don't know because part of it is like I'm. I, I feel like I got into there's two reasons why. One is like I feel like we got into a groove where as long as we were getting groceries, we've decided that that's good enough. Like we we've been cooking a lot. We've really gotten into cooking. My wife is like an incredible cook, and I try to do my best as well. But um and share duties at, at at least I'm washing the most amount of dishes. I've probably washed more dishes in this last two months or three months than I have in my entire life. (laughs) And you're probably
2: home a lot more too, right? Instead of out on the streets filming.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 100%. So, but it's, you know, and I've, we've enjoyed it and we figured a rhythm out and then we completely disrupted our rhythm with the puppy. And now that's kept us inside. So in fact, like I've had like a few days of like bad sleep and, like the blues that comes along with that, where I was like, where quarantine kind of like sunk in all over again. It was like, not only can I not, I mean, like, not leave really much, but now I really can't leave because there's like a life at stake in this puppy. <laughs> yes. And so it was definitely this, this double feeling of I can't even, like, whenever I want, just be like, I'm going to go for a walk. I have to, like, that has to be a real decision. And I have to, like, you know, cause she doesn't have her last shot. So she can't walk yet on the streets you know, because literally my Brooklyn streets are filled with dog shit because there are people who just don't keep up with their dogs. Oh my God. So I have to be, I other, you know, I have to care for this life. So, so it was, that was kind of heavy, but now I, I'm feeling happy again and the puppy's been fun and, you know, we're figuring it out.
2: Yeah. Well, wait till you have children. Cause then it gets really <laughs> interesting. I, ha- I have a son who just turned six. So, yeah. uh, you know, I can, I can definitely relate to you. It's just, everything changes and it just becomes abnormal from what you're used to. But it sounds like, you know, you've adjusted well and uh, things seem to be semi-normal, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, like we, I have heard this phrase a lot, the new normal. In fact, yeah. the, the new, it's a crazy, the new, the, the Strokes album, the new one that came out is called like the new abnormal. That's kind of, the, it's funny that they, I think they had that title even before all this happened, but it's so fitting. It really is. It's not only the new normal, it's the new abnormal, you know?
2: Yeah. Now I'll we'll dive into more of this here towards the end, but just as a quick note, have you gotten any green lights? I, I've been following the guys and you on Instagram and kind of watching what's happening. Yeah. Do you have a plan yet that you can speak of to start filming again or is everything just on hold until you guys know for sure that it's going to be okay and safe?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of talks about it because there's so many things to consider. You know, of course, there's there's the 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 first thing, which is like, are people ready to be, you know, filmed hidden camera style? Even though we're not mean, we're not pranky, but just like there's a little bit of a ruse that we're doing. Are are people ready for that? I know people at home are ready to laugh. Oh yeah, (laughs) there's the other side of that, and I think that. Um, is everyone safe? Are they going to be safe? Because like, you know, they, they help with their parents, you know, Sal helps with his parents a lot. So he sees, you know, his, you know, not elderly, but like older parents. So that's an issue. So there's, there's a lot to consider that beyond even just, can we even film in New York um, and what kind of things, but we've been talking about a lot of stuff and and we're doing some new episodes of the Impractical Jokers podcast and we're going back to watch old ones and like talk about it. Um, that's cool. And It's interesting because now I'm like taking notes of like which bits like could work from a distance, like socially distant ideas. And like we watched one that was like blogs where they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that completely works. Even if the person has a mask, you could say like, hey, I'm doing a I'm doing a shoot, you know, just to you know document the time. (laughs) It's for my blog. It's called you know whatever it is. And I think that stuff like that. Where I I I just text the guys immediately like, hey, we should do this thing again. Once we you know get back and the guys love it so we're excited to do more. There there will be more. It's just a matter of time. And in in the in the interim, hopefully we get to do more of these dinner parties because they've been so much fun to work on and I think people like them.
2: Yeah, it's very entertaining. And I will say, I had watched Impractical Jokers kind of off and on for a while, just you know, as it passing through. But I tell you, quarantine has really caused me to fall in love with the show. Oh, that's great. And I even rented the film that you guys released Thank because you. I just, I wanted more and I found that that there was something about the movie, although it was kind of like a character version of the guys and they're doing these things. Some of those bits, I, I honestly find to be the funniest and the most entertaining. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like I think the best one out of all of it was where they're doing the social media conference and they're playing the video in the backgrounds yeah. Uh, of his parents, and anyway, I digress. But I want to talk about you because sure. you have a a brother who we all know, uh, and uh, Colin, and and growing up, uh, for those who don't know who Colin Jost is, come out from your rock because. But Casey <laughs> is is equally important in my eyes because you both are involved in this business of writing and creating and producing. And if I understand correctly, you got your start kind of with the Upright Citizens Brigade Brigade, Craig. Is that kind of where you began and sparked your interest in writing and, and that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was that that was a huge, you know, place for me in my, you know, I mean, up until even recently, like I was still doing shows there every Saturday night. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, I attributed that to more of the connections I made with like friends that I um performed with and you know it's actually funny you say that with colin he's colin's the funniest and he gives like the most sage advice in the world he's always really good at being a brother and also not being like too much of like he's like there to lend a hand and to tell you things but not like you know usher you along you know he's always been smart not to like you know, he's never been like, "Come work at SNL" or anything like that. Sure, come
2: work with me, and and I'll yeah, take like, care of you. Let me, yeah.
0: yeah, like he he's aware of like kind of nepotism and stuff like that. And sure. he helped, but not just to to make life easier, but to make me work harder. And he's been a good older brother in that way. But also, if I'm like, "Hey, can you, I need some eyes on this thing? Can you give me notes?" He's always there for that stuff. And we've been working together a lot during quarantine. Like I've edited a lot of videos that he's like made for little SNL promos or other things that he, he's done for like, you know, he did some college speeches and I helped out with that. So we, we love working together, but he would always say like, surround yourself with people you find funny and it'll make you funnier. And that, that's what UCB was for me. like I, I got on a team after five years of taking classes and auditioning and that team, that first team and every team after, but the first team was like, Changed everything. We just spent so much time together. We laughed so much. Our shows were fine; they were good, but it was more so the camaraderie and like the ideas that we could all talk about. And it makes you ambitious. And somebody gets a job somewhere, and then you're like, I need to get a job in entertainment, you know. And that's that stuff is so important. And it doesn't have to be the UCB, or it doesn't have to be some sort of institution. It's just about. Meeting people that are ambitious and you find funny kind of clicks after that. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people will say it. Stand ups do the same thing.
2: Yeah, I've heard that a lot just since I've been doing so many interviews during lockdown. I, you know, just as a side note, I was laid off from my career that I'd had forever. So I'm taking this and turning it into a business and really trying. Yeah, and you know, it's been a slow start, but whatever. They say if you do what you love, you'll never work another day, right? And I think, you know, I've been interviewing such fantastic people like yourself just over the last four months. And that's the biggest thing that I get from folks like yourself and other comedians. Mm -hmm. And they all say that, you know, you have to surround yourself with people who will inspire you to create because write what you know. Yeah. Growing up, did you have an interest in being funny like was that something that was part of your personality i i saw you guys i saw you post some videos earlier i i believe your brother just yeah. released a book and you were kind of mm-hmm. showing home movies and it was hilarious to watch that stuff i love those I kind know. of things but was that in your nature to to be funny did you like stand up and I, do yeah. shows you know i loved
0: getting laughs in school like i was addicted to it i I was, I was definitely not the best student, especially compared to like my brother, who's like just naturally gifted in that way. And not to think, not to say that I don't think I was, you know, I had a, I probably had like a high IQ. I just, I had more fun. i always followed the fun. And I, I think I had a lot more fun in school. Um, like I had like perfect attendance. I loved school and I had terrible grades. It's like, it usually doesn't go like that. It's usually like you hate school, you have bad grades or like, or, you know, or, Or you were sometimes like Colin was probably like, not the greatest, you know, like, like listener in school, but he got all his work done, you know, he probably had like the same kind of like ADD I had, but like he had a way of channeling it or like had the, I don't know, the ambition at a young age. But I think um, I just wanted to make people laugh and have fun and, and, you know, laugh with other people and laugh at things and laugh, you know, and it's, it's, I definitely followed that. The situational humor that came along with school was my favorite thing. It's just you had a you had a you know like you had a foil. You know, like there's a person in front of the room that is like has to be serious the entire day. So I was like, I have to mess with this person. It's just it's just <laughs> the way it is. Like you're being so serious, I have to break it up. And if I can make you laugh, like there were times times I wanted to make my friends laugh, but also the teachers laugh. I was obsessed with it. You know, so that was definitely like an impulse. So would you
2: say? fast forwarding to today, what makes you laugh the most? Not necessarily the work that you create, although that might inspire it, but is it just situational things where you're observing and you go, this is freaking hilarious. We need to write this down or I need to expound upon this a little bit.
0: The person who makes me laugh the most is my wife and we laugh all the time. And we we it's just, we have so much fun and and, like inside jokes and like that's gotten me through the quarantine and, and like you know it made life a joy i get to, i get to spend so much more time with the person that i love and i like genuinely like to laugh with and stuff so that's been fun like having a dog has been like insane but also very funny we have like a 100 jokes already about the dog jokers is like such a great outlet because it's it's situational comedy like it's the most version of it too it's literally here's a situation in real life that we get to you know, have fun with, make fun of. Writing as you go, like the guys are improvising or we're coming up with scenarios ahead of time to like set them up to succeed. So I feel like those are itches or scratches that I get to itch, whether it be like just talking to my wife or working on that show. But then I personally, I I, I, I need to do something creative every day. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be comedy. Like I like playing a lot of music. You play guitar, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I play, I play a couple instruments and I, I have it like all set up pretty much like always you know this is mostly dog stuff i'm gonna try not to mess this up but yeah like i always have like it's oh set wow up like there's like a piano this is a candle that's broken and it's, uh, <laughs> it's got a little tray under it so the glass doesn't go everywhere but i still i hate to waste things um, here's a there's i'm the same like way instruments and stuff i do not have a kid but this is a baby gate for the dog sure i get it my guitar um anyway i I find that like, just even if my intention is just to like be creative sometimes to do something like music, sometimes I'll be like, oh, now this is going to be a comedy thing. You know, so it's, it's like cross training. Like if you're, maybe you're like a football player, but you need to get some more like weight training in or or running, it's going to help you in the sport. So it's, I always find that like doing anything creative gets your mind going to help you with the thing that you want to do. Like whether it's, so if it's comedy, doing some music has always helped me. Take, you know keep my mind active, but be a different so I'm not like you know just for you know focusing on the comedic aspect
2: do you find yourself just being funny, so to speak, like throughout the day, or are you like some who are are fairly serious and introverted and just kind of use those powers, I guess you could say when necessary when it comes time to create? is your brain always moving, or do you just have moments of respite and you're like, I need to take a break from trying to be this certain persona?
0: My wife and I are definitely like younger siblings, both of us that would rather never live alone. Like sure. I've, I've always had roommates and until I met my wife when I moved in, like we moved in together. But I love being around people and talking. Like it's rare that I'm like, I I don't, I don't I can't talk right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm very much like an open book, and I like to talk. And I you know I'd like to. I'm always pretty much down to joke around unless like I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm sure, a like hungry. Yeah, I know. Yeah. or I'm like I have really lacked sleep, or I'm hot. You know what I mean? Like there's little moments that I'm just. I mean, like anybody, but but I think in general, like like my brother, the one thing that's very different about us is he's a little bit more introspective or he'll just be quiet for a while and not talk like i have i've you know we we've gone to we've gone on like a surf trip we went to like rincon puerto rico and there were certain days where like you know we talked maybe for like 30 minutes we just hung out around each other and like he worked on you know he did his own things or do a crossword puzzle and stuff and we could just hang and and don't have to but i if it were up to me i, I kept probably bothering him being like <laughs> asking him random questions or something because i'm the kind of person who wants to talk or sometimes maybe he's like he's quiet and i'm like i'm gonna go talk to this waiter or like you know do something like that but he also gets into modes where he's just like super chatty especially with new people and i'm like this too but like. We we meet a new friend, it's like, I want to be best friends. I'm like a dog that's like, you know, and he's like sure. that too. And then there are also times where he's just unrelentingly funny. He's just, just super funny. Like you can't, you can't stop him from making fun of everything. You can't have <laughs> a serious moment. He's like, well,
2: yeah, fun. I get that from both of you because I would think in the type of work that you do and what some people might not realize is that it's something that you can maybe damper, but it's hard to just shut that part of your brain off because you're just always, you have to be constantly taking in things, whether it's you coming up with bits, you know, for Jokers, because you're one of the senior comedy producers. I I didn't mention that as we started talking, but it's important to know that. And of course, just kind of always looking at things going, how am I going to turn this into something funny you 'd mentioned it earlier, where you 're texting people and going, "We should really try and do this you know zoom bombing people's zoom meetings jumping in and they 're having corporate meetings, and you have the guys doing whatever it is that they do so well, and people just don 't know how to act or respond. I often find myself if I was ever in New York and Things were normal, and you guys were filming. it would be hard for me because I know who the guys are, so um, I've heard them say that when they get recognized, it's hard for them to be themselves because they realize that they could be on camera and could be getting filmed at the moment, so it's hard to just act normal in that particular situation. So you you do all of these things, you have all these other creative outlets. Has music always been a part of your life is that something that you've enjoyed to do
0: Yeah I mean I could even see a world where I'm not <clears throat> doing quote unquote comedy but you could, I could I'm going to be doing music forever it's just it's a thing that you could just do in your home for no audience and I just like I like the feeling of you know playing music and like I'm always recording little ideas and like kind of like jamming with myself if I like lay down a few chords and I think of a baseline for it and that's like a part of a song and I'll be like oh what's what would be a good chorus sorry I like burped that was a weird one <laughs> that's line. okay it was a real surprise burp anyway um but like <laughs> at this point
2: th- you could do anything and I I
0: wouldn't know if it was
2: on purpose or <laughs> yeah. or what because it was just told, a, it was
0: <laughs> it was told to of me who you earpiece. are <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so it be, but it would be weird if like in my own home I just took a mic and a speaker and started doing stand up to myself. That's a different thing. Like, so, so the accessibility of having music instruments around and being able to play is something that I'll do as a hobby. I never thought that I would have any real career in music because it's just so difficult, but I've done a lot. Like it's, it's, it's been, I've been able to make music for little commercials here and there and, or on the show. I've done a lot of that stuff. Um, or for other friends or like somebody needs like a score for a, For a project. Like I love doing that stuff. Like anything where I'm the thing that I think I chase more than just doing comedy is collaboration. Okay. Even collaborating with myself. Like I said, like you know, recording something and then doing another part to it. Like I know it sounds crazy selfish like that, but I like building stuff together. And so Jokers has been great because I get to work with those guys and the other producers. And it really feels like we're creating something, we're collaborating. And any project that I've done, it's because of the thing that I chase and I seek is is the connection that you have when you're talking to someone and coming up with an idea it's like little problem solving and then you have a new problem you have to solve and that's what like production on t v is. I like that more than I like you know the other aspects of comedy, like whether it be like notoriety or fame or or even getting laughs like of course those are all part of the success module of comedy, but it's really not what drives me, and the part that I like almost the least is like. The, 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 the chase of that. Interesting. Cause yeah. when you
2: started out, that really wasn't what you wanted, right? Like you weren't trying to become famous and make a lot of money. Like, I, I don't know that anybody, I mean the money part, maybe I don't really know. yeah I love It's money. not really. Yeah. Well, we all do, <laughs> but uh, like when you started it and it sounds like as you continue, it's more just about the passion of the project, right. And the collaboration that seems to be the theme of our conversation
0: like i'm not gonna you know lie about the idea that you know notoriety or or money is is a huge part of it that you want and it gets you other opportunities to collaborate. though so that's why so it's like if if you're if you're notable if i'm notable for being a good producer on impractical jokers and another tv show is like oh he's done a good job on that show that might get me into that room once you know if joker stops or something that will continue my career and continue that chase of working with other people and that's ultimately why you want personally i would want that kind of notoriety or sure of course and obviously the financial benefit of of any but that's any job like i've said to lisa like my wife i'd be like i can't wait to retire and work at the apple store <laughs>
2: <And so> i, <laughs> I could see yeah. you doing that but people yeah. wouldn't know though if it was for real or if they were being pranked
0: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i mean there are definitely times where like I, i'll run in, like i'll just be somewhere and someone will be like are you the guy from the show they'll, they'll be like are we are we filming like are the guys here it's like a question i get but i, I mean there's a part of me that's like i i love like you know i I have a friend who's a, who joined the fire department, and at the same time, I took the test. But I was working at Joker's at the time, and um, my mom was like, "You should just take." You know, we had a lot of firefighters in our family. My mom was like, "You should take the test just in case." And I did. Everyone thought I was crazy for doing it. They were like, "You're working on a TV show that's like doing well," but I was like, you know, "I grew up in like with a family like who who worshipped city jobs that like that's what helped our family." Sure, you know, go uh, put my mom through college. My grandfather was a firefighter. You know, um, my mom worked for the fire department. So, city jobs. Were important. So I, I took the test and I debated it. I, I could have been a firefighter. And right now I'm kind of like, that's a solid job. My friend has a great job. It's it's dangerous, but it's also like the firefighters aren't going anywhere. No, like, they're not. You know?
2: And especially where you live, they're valued like heroes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, so I mean, really
0: anywhere. I mean, like honestly, I think New York has like such a great rep, and like these these people, like we, you know, we lost so many incredible people in nine eleven. So I think there's there's like there's a gravitas with the fire the New York, uh, FDNY. But I mean, if I ever meet a firefighter anywhere, I could talk to them for an hour straight just about you know their that that life because it's it's something I grew up knowing.
2: I just I find that part to be so great because as much success as you've had and, and the notoriety, you know, you're okay with at least having the idea in your head of maybe doing something else, you know, because yeah, firefighters aren't going anywhere. Police aren't going anywhere, you know, medics aren't going anywhere. (laughs) So it's, it's something that's solid, but I find though about what you do and others in your, in your profession I have a high respect for because to be able to just put all of this personality out there and just create something that you know is going to bring joy and happiness to the world, I, I thank you for that. It's gotten me through quarantine, I tell you, because oh, you know I didn't know the first couple of months were really hard You know because I was like, what am I going to do? You just figure stuff out and, and you surround yourself with people who are like-minded, right? Mm -hmm. you just continue to create. Now, I want to talk to you about the idea of creation and putting things together. We can talk about Jokers or any project because you've done a lot. I mean, you've written for Jimmy Fallon. You know, you've done just your list of credits is huge. You've had other TV shows as well. Now, when it comes to creating a piece, what is your process and your approach to comedy when it comes to writing and taking it from script to screen,
0: it always varies. It always depends on the project. Like I said before, like with the problem solving, you have to know you have to know the the limitations, and that's so important with with the project. Like knowing what it what it cannot be, really helps you know what it can be. Um, and then there's this other idea of what else could it be? Uh, for example, like with with I'm just going to use dinner party because it's most recent. On paper, it's just the four guys like talking right and they have like maybe some conversation pieces that they want to bring but i always think like what else can it be and so you know recently i did a thing with uh i got sal's sal and sal's dad to do this thing where he re- he did like grace and so i wrote this whole speech for him to like stay grace but he's just like dear you know instead of saying like you know dear god he's like dear aliens from like that you know I imagine you to be the aliens from Independence Day with like (laughs) the tentacles and round eyes. So like, just like uh, that's a fun thing that Sal can show the guys. Like, what is dinner party? Dinner party is a dinner. What do you have at 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 a dinner? Someone maybe says grace. So who's funny that could do that? Oh, Sal's dad can do it because that's a connection, and you know the fans know Sal's dad. And so here's an idea. I'll write this thing that's like this, and Sal and I will collaborate it on. So so that's like one example of maybe how I might approach a show or so if it's like it's a let's say like a jimmy fallon kind of show or like a late night show you want to know like all right so what are segments there you, you know you have like a, a table piece you know a desk piece where he does something like you know and so if you want to come up and you'd be like all right what would be an interesting thing to see with him at the desk and you know what are other ones so you got like you know letterman has like a top or as like the, the the top 10 you know so you you want to look at what's out there already and have an idea that like is similar, but it's its own unique thing. And so that's the thing that I kind of strive for, I guess, if I had to like, you know, you always want to push yourself to do something that's unique, but also people can understand. Like, so when I pitch the guys an idea for the show, I want it to be similar to what they've already done and what they've already they know. You know, Um, I remember like I I, I was talking to the guys about, um, there's a bit called it's like, nah, dog, that ain't me, where they go back to the same person every time, but in different costumes. Yes. <laughs> I pitched them that idea and they were on the fence about it. And then I sort of like, well, I was like, I, I was just like, all right, imagine like Sal, you go up there as you. And then the next time you go over, you're like talking with the, different voice and you're trying to prove that you're a different guy and then they kind of lit up like when you show them what it could be like then their imagination is like oh i could play this character and i could try to do this and so the comedy comes from that but we're also still the show because there's a real person there on the other side of that table and then they come up with all these ideas so you you want to you want to like volley up a ball that they understand and they know that they could hit it
2: now we've kind of touched on this a little bit but in a little bit more color to this, what drives you As a creative, like what motivates you to get up every single day and do this thing called comedy and writing and creation?
0: You know, it's it's something I've struggled with a lot over this last couple months, Um, and it ebbs and flows based on like what's going on in my life. Like, I have a lot of I get in my own way sometimes with like what the avenue is where I'm creating and like how I'm inspired by it. Like, never really wanted to be like a vlogger or anything like that. I like creating comedy, like the videos that i was making on i made a bunch of like kind of comedic music videos on my instagram and i i loved making them it was so much fun but then like i always kind of want to top myself and i get in my own way being like i want to i want it to be bigger and better or like what's next for it and then sometimes i space out and i just don't make anything because i'm like trying to go to the next level. So, so I get, I don't know. I don't know how to, that's like something I need to get past or, or figure out because I think sometimes I lack the motivation. I was inspired by being home and like making some music and doing a video and then being like, I want to do another one. Uh, there've been times in my life where I, I I did a show, like a live show at the People's Improv Theater. And that was a great, I just forced myself to do something like that. In fact, a lot of the songs I had made, I had forced myself, I came up with this idea called like Casey Joe's jukebox. And the audience will pick from a bunch of different names of songs that are like on a jukebox. And I would do that song and it would be a different order every night. So there's an improv nature to it. I love like improvising so much. It's like, it's a part of what I loved, you know, doing UCB and, um, and I, you know, so I, I, that's the, that's my favorite thing. And there are times that I do stand up and times that I take a huge break. Like I never consider myself a true stand up, but I've done it plenty. Um, but I'm not, sometimes I, I, you know, my inspiration changes from time to time. And I, you know, I have to be okay with that to a certain degree because I feel like I'm always finding ways to scratch the itch that is sure. making something like just in different ways. But it does, it does make me nervous sometimes where I'm like, I'm not going to make a video for a month or something, and you know the, we had a lot of obviously like there's there was like the George Floyd incident and there, a lot of that stuff where you're like there's nothing that I want to comedically say now for a little bit. Well, sure, kind of, and that's and I you know I, I want to let other people speak that kind of thing, so I took a break with that as well, and I think people are kind of coming out making things again. You know what am what am I really saying? What do I like, you know, because sometimes it's like, I don't want to sit down and be like, okay, what do I, you know, what do I have to say, (laughs) you know, and write it down. You're You're like, but sometimes you make something and you're like, oh, what I'm saying in that is this. And I like that. I like the fact that afterward you could look at it and be like, oh, wow. So I was going through this at that time. And that's why that came out like this.
2: And I think too, as much as, you know, it's not what is as important to you, but it drives you as we established I mean, you you put something out there and it's going to be there forever. So I'm sure you want to make sure that you're thoughtful in what it is that you put out, whether it's on your own personal social media, right? Because you're attached to a bunch of other things other than just, you know, Casey, uh, this is my Instagram. You have hilarious videos on there, by the way, because I was scrolling through them. Yeah. And I think they're really funny. And so I could see this, this, this urge to create something, but you're very thoughtful about it, right? I mean, you're not, and I'm not dogging anybody, but you're not putting out, pumping out a video every single day, Mm. you know, going, okay, today I'm going to do this bit, you know, or I'm going to do that bit. But it sounds like the juices are always flowing, so to speak. And you are always at least, you know, documenting things, whether it's for you personally, your stand up. Uh, you know your music or something for the TV show, uh, Jokers that you're a part of. I want to kind of transition into that as we wrap up here and talk a little bit about Jokers and get some kind of insight to that. Sure. I can imagine. First off, when you are able to film, what are some of the challenges that you face when going out into public? I mean, I imagine a shoot day is probably like a normal filming day, right? Several hours because what What is the percentage of of things you're actually able to tape, whether it's people wanting to sign n d a s or just plain mm-hmm. getting recognized and having to just start over because everybody knows who you are
0: i gotta say that i'm the luckiest part of my job is that the four hosts you know the four creators and stars of the show are the like so funny, and anything you give them they're gonna like slam dunk, so that's the part of it that's makes like almost every single day so much easier like if it was literally any four people on the planet it might not go as smoothly as it does they just completely understand their own show that they created if they were cast it just still wouldn't work and and the more they do things like their way the better it comes out sometimes it's it's phenomenal like how they're just they're just right about it because you know they created they know they have their finger on the pulse of like what this show is and so anything that we kind of come up with and then it goes into their hands or you know usually you know they come up with it too it, it's going to go well there are other variables that might hurt that where where it's like them getting maybe recognized maybe a little more than you know another day or people aren't signing for other reasons the venue gets messed up we're supposed to film outside and there's weather issues there's a technology issue whether it be like a microphone doesn't work or cameras don't work although our crew is like so phenomenal they could adjust very quickly so those are kind of some of the issues that might come up it's almost i would say almost i could even say it's never a thing where it's like yeah the guys don't feel like filming or, or oh like, i
2: could never get that
0: yeah or like or like oh it just didn't work like it's just not funny like the guys aren't you know the guys will make it work there have been times that we i think we had a bit last year that like was just it wasn't a great bit and like you know everyone was like yeah, I don't, I think this is kind of a stinker of a bit like the idea but they still made it work they made fun of it you know and they were just like this is so, this is so dumb i can't believe we're doing this and then it's kind of funny again so they just stay so authentic that authenticity is the thing that like sells everything and they and they really have fun and so so that's what makes that job or that process so easy
2: yeah i i don't ever imagine them going this is I don't feel like doing this today (laughs) because I mean, they run the show and they make it work. Now I would imagine it's, there's a process right to getting a bit approved because I've seen Murr on Instagram. He was doing a live, I don't know, a few nights ago Mm -hmm. and he was talking about a bit I can't remember something about Tampa, Florida and putting somebody on a bus and sending them to Tampa, Florida,
0: bus to Tampa. Yeah.
2: Bus to Tampa. <laughs> and, uh, he told everybody you need to at, uh, our producer, uh, on, ins- on Twitter and tell him that you want to see a uh, bus to Tampa and he'll know exactly what you're talking about. So not every idea gets passed, right? Like, yeah. is, there a, is there a writer's room process that you all are involved in when it comes to pitching ideas to your yeah. producers? Like I mean there,
0: there there's a couple different levels so the guys are very busy now so that's why they they have other producers to kind of help them come up with ideas for bits and that's like what that means is like a challenge like let's say it's the blah blah blogs one or something like that for the most part they are they have created the majority of the show but there are times that you know we will generate the ideas with them and sometimes we'll just generate ideas and then pitch to them so they're the first like let's say they didn't come up with it right there's there's ones that like you know we come up with and we pitch it to them and often they go i like this element but let's change this and this and you know cuz they're still involved in that process but so so that's one element so if i come up with an idea i can't just be like okay film it guys they're the stars <laughs> and the creators of the show they have to approve it so if I say, oh, it's blah blah blogs, they go, Okay, great, cool, I like that, let's do it. We'll have to send it over to True T V. Simi Kostanowitz is probably the producer that you're talking about. Yeah, and he's got a really funny
2: name on Twitter too. Uh yeah, can't stand can't, any bits. Can't stand your bits. Yeah, 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 that's Simi, yeah, him. <laughs> so
0: so yeah, Simi's been there for a long time now he's not there since the beginning but he's been there so long and the guys have such a great relationship they could do something like tweet at this guy but he also has a great relationship where he could go I just don't think this idea works and the guys go okay you're right because he's just like a smart nice guy funny guy so that is another aspect of it there are times that the guys are like this will be so funny and then he's like all right like show me it and then we'll, we'll you know we'll say oh I don't think it'll work but watch out for this this and this and then It's just, you know, he makes the show better in that way. But there is that, he's the network exec. And look, if there's a thing where he's like, I don't like this, and the guys really push, he'll be like, okay, all right, let's let's see, you know? And there are probably, it hasn't happened a lot, but there's probably times that we filmed something that he didn't like, and he was, they they were kind of like, we don't want to air it. It's, actually, I can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure it's possible that that has happened. He said, it's not like he always says yes. I mean, always says yes or always says no. It's, you know, he, he talks out the ideas just like when I, if I say an idea to Sal and I'm like, I want to do this punishment for Joe, we talk it out. And he's like, well, okay, all right, we'll, we'll try it. Or like, this would make it better. There's always that process of that collaboration of making sure. making an idea better. So that's, Punching that's it up
2: it. and just kind of going, why don't we take it this direction? Uh, cause it, no matter what you do to the guys and it, it seems to me from my perspective, Sal always seems to be the one to get the worst of it, at least from my perspective, I don't know, they all do, but, uh, yeah, it's
0: tough. It, it's hard to say. Cause I always think Murr because he's, they're, yeah. They're well, the, of the planes, the, anima, you know, the Danica and McKellar. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like all of that or the Novocaine. Yeah. It's so messed up. But it's funny. It's been such an honor chatting with you. I, I just feel like I've I've learned so much. If if there are people out there listening and they want to get into comedy or they want to begin writing, what is the best piece of advice that you could give to anybody uh, that has helped you along the way that you wish maybe somebody would have told you early on?
0: I would say you got to commit. It's funny. like I think Michael Che always says this thing of like, you know, what What do you tell a person who wants to get into comedy? He always says, don't. Because if you hear that and then you do, that means you want it, mm-hmm. you know? And it is so that it, in that way, it is good advice. If you're not 100% sure, don't do it. Because um, you really have to, like, I, I'll tell you this, like, I'm afraid often. Because, like, you know, if Joker stops tomorrow, you know, I have to figure out another gig. And there, there's a lot of that. There's been times that we've had, like, hiatuses, like, you know, in between seasons where I need to find another job, but I can't, I mean, like, but I also don't want to get a job that goes for too long because I want to go back to the show. The guys want me back there. They've done so much for me. I want to pay that respect back. Um. So, it. so that's, that's scary because you, you, you might have like a couple months when you're not working and that's at a level where, you know, not to to my own horn, but like people always think that I'm at this level that's like untouchable that I could get any job I want and I, I can't. And that's scary, Um, and I so 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 you have to know those things going into it that it it is it's scary. Now, can you do stand up for your entire life and have another job? Absolutely. So there is that element. You will get in your own way at a certain point if you're not fully committing to it and you're not like kind of going on the road or or you know. So so there might come a time where you have to take that leap of faith and quit that job and to you know to keep doing stand up because it's going well there might be a time where you do that you take that leap of faith and then you do stand up for a little bit and then it's just not working the same or quarantine happens you can't go out on the exactly. road exactly and you have to you know eat shit and go back to that other job and that's fine like you don't have to, who cares like you know in the in the scheme of your life everything you're doing is for your own happiness it should be for nothing else. There's no, you should have no ego. If I have to go, you know, work at a CompuServe, <laughs> or, <laughs> CompuServe. you know, I can't even get the Apple store. I, you know, I, I'm, okay, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like I, I don't really have an ego. Like if if I, if I'm, if I'm legitimately like working at an Arby's and someone comes up and goes like, weren't you on TV? And now you're here. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care. This is, this is what I want to do now. This is what I have to do. I don't give a shit. I don't know. But you know, I dig, I digress. Um, I think the 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 commitment is important, and like following what you find fun is important like that's I was work like you said before like I, I worked at Jimmy Fallon and then I was fired not like I wasn't like I did oh, I didn't wrong. know that I had no idea I no, wasn't no, no. like alluding to anything okay interesting no 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 I know i I wasn't like they were like you're fired it's just that you know you you work a job sometimes and they re, they renew you or they do of course at the time it was pretty new it was late night with Jimmy Fallon and they were letting go of a lot of people. They would keep people for thirteen oh, sure. cycles and jokers has done that too with, 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 you know, with they like, Oh, you're going to come in for two weeks and you might get renewed. or You might not, you never know. And a lot of jobs are like that. So it's, it's just part of it. So I was there for two cycles, which is, which was you know, not, not the longest, but more than some. And so it was six months. And then I got let go. Sal and the guys or Sal, I really knew was like, Hey, we're starting up this show. We just got the pilot greenlit. Like we don't have really like room for writers. I'm coming from like a job at NBC Thirty Rock. They were like, I don't really have a lot of room for writers. Like, like we don't have room to hire like a real writer. But like, I want you to work on the show. Do you want to do it? Like, you'd be like a PA. And I was like, Yeah, sure. And and, like, I think a lot of people in my position after working at a job like at NBC would be like, "Uh, I'm gonna kind of, you know, do this other thing. I believed in the show. I believed in the guys. I took that leap of faith. I, I, you know, put my ego aside. And I took that gig and I got coffee and I picked up a van. I did releases and the other guys were doing that shit too. So it's not like they were just like, you know, do this for me, but it's just things needed to get done. And then it's become what it is now. And it's, I I don't regret a single thing. Like, and I'm so glad that I did that. So, you know, that might happen several times in your career and you're in your life. And sometimes you have to like check your ego and be like, I'm going to do this because I want to do it.
2: Nobody ever expected a pandemic to hit. Right. And, literally like within a day or two, everybody, no matter what level you're at, was shut down, you know, da-da-da-da, that's it. Everything's over, <laughs> you know, cut. And uh, here we are still working our way through it. Well, Casey, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a blast. If people want to connect with you, or just kind of get in touch with you and kind of see what you're up to? How, how can they do that?
0: I would say go to Instagram or Twitter. They're both at Casey Jost. Um, those are probably the, the things I do the most. Probably Inst- I'm probably on Instagram the most. I've been trying to like be a little less on in general in terms of that. But I, you know, I, I, I answer questions if people have fun questions on Instagram, probably more so. So, yeah I think that's probably the best i you know i have I have some videos up on youtube, but they're they're basically the same that's on Instagram, but maybe a better viewer if you want to like <laughs> I don't know, use youtube i don't know um that's probably the, that's probably the best and and uh, I, I hope people continue to watch jokers and dinner party and um, whatever else is coming out.
2: Fantastic. Well, Casey, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate Uh, it, my friend.
0: This was was delightful. Brett, you're a great guy to talk to.
1: That brings today's episode to an end. Thanks for choosing to stop by and listen. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend and hitting the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. Until next time, cheers. Today's episode of the Open Mic Podcast is brought to you by Cheap Seat Entertainment.